Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Um, so we're still in this Be About It series, and um, you know, I hope that it has helped you to understand that we are to be about, of course, so many different things, but really it all revolves around being about who God has called us to be, being about who he is and his presence and where he wants us to be and, and all that. And I think I'm going to end up this week, um, and this message, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's called, be, being about it means talking about it. And, you know, I, I may have said this story before, told you this, but you know, for me and my, I don't know, who I felt that I was, my personality or, or whatever, growing up, talking wasn't one of my strong suits. I know, it's hard to believe. Can you believe that? Like, like you get up there and you talk and you share and you preach and all that stuff, but that was not one of my strong suits. You can ask Pastor Tori afterwards, you know, whenever we were dating, whenever we were younger, we were kids, you know, and, and we would call each other and talk on the phone. Well, she would talk on the phone, and pretty much I would just listen, you know, and I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that's so, so fun, you know, it's like, and like she's down there nodding her head, yeah, yeah, that's exactly, you know, I, I wasn't much of a talker, and you know, growing up a little bit after we were married, we did uh, go to California and went to ministry school and did some campus ministry, and <clears throat> which was an amazing season in our life. We learned so much. But again, we come to this place where I'm like out there trying to help, you know, kids know Jesus, and I'm like struggling to talk. You know, I, I was like, hey, how's it going? You know, at least what I felt like. I don't know exactly. Somebody might be able to say something different, but that's what it felt like to me. And I, I didn't, I, it, was, it was just hard to, to just get the stuff out, you know, and to be strong and bold in what I had to say or really what God had to say and what he was wanting me to say for him. And... Um, so I want to just take and talk about that a little bit because you know, we talk a lot about boldness and, and being bold and strong and, and, and God is your strength and, and he wants you to do this. And, and so many times I feel like we shy away when it comes to talking about who he is, when it comes to like God, when God does something in our life or uses us to do something in someone's el someone else's life, and he does something big, and then all of a sudden, maybe there's, there's like questions about it, maybe even negative questions. Maybe something offends somebody, and now all of a sudden, it, you have to defend yourself. And I know for me, I'd, I'd be one to more, you know, in my previous years as a kid, just be like, bye. <laughs> you know, like, uh, just think what you want. I'm, I'm walking away. 
Um, and in more recent years, it's so interesting because I feel like God has put a couple of people into my life that, that have kind of pushed me in this way. You know, that's kind of what God does sometimes. It's like when there's something that you need to grow in, sometimes he push, puts somebody or puts something in your way that's going to push that button, you know? And, and I know that like, you know, you know what I'm talking about, push your buttons, right? It's like my kids know how to push my buttons. You know, they know how to do the thing that's causing me to, uh, you know, realize the patience that God wants me to walk in, you know? Are you going to be patient? Or are you just going to, you know, preach about it? And so, yeah. So, yeah. So he's like, you know, God uses my kids. Push my buttons. Just kidding. My kids are amazing. I got all four of them here. My son, Miles, is in for the weekend, which is awesome. So I want to talk about this story in in Acts 4. And to give a little background, uh, in Acts 3, you have Peter and John, and, and they are just on fire, and they're going up to the temple. They're walking in, and there's a guy there. And, and the scripture says that he's been lame from birth and somebody brings him up, they place him there and he just asks people for money. He's like, listen, I don't have a way, I can't make a living for myself so I'm gonna sit here and ask people to help me out uh, you know, so that I can live or so that I can have something to eat. And, and he's been doing that forever. Like forever. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the Sandlot, but forever. You know, that's everybody knows who he is. Everybody has seen him and passed by him. And so they're passing by this time and, and he's like, hey, listen, you got anything for a guy that I, I've been lame from birth and, and, and I can't really provide, but, but can you help me out? And they say, hey, listen, we don't have any money, but we do have something that we can give you. We've got something for you. And they said, in the name of Jesus, just stand up and walk. And it says they just pulled him up. You know, that is boldness. That's boldness. To just say, no, by Jesus, you're going to be healed. By the name of Jesus Christ, you will be healed and just grabbed him and pulled him up. And it says, as he was getting up, his legs were strengthened. His ankles, his legs were strengthened. As he was, they're like, man, I want to be that bold. So many times we want to like say, oh God, do this thing. And we're going to wait around you know, God, heal this person. They need your help. Is he going to do it? Let's just, let's just wait a minute. You know, but to be bold enough to just pull him up and his ankles to be, and his legs to be strengthened as it happens, as he's being pulled up. And this is not my message. This is the pre-message. It's the prequel. 
But they pull him up. And he's healed. And all of a sudden now he's like, I'm with these guys. This is what happened. And they walk into the temple. And all of a sudden people gather because people knew who he was. They had seen him forever. They knew this man and knew that he was always there at the temple asking people to help him out. And now he is standing in his own strength because God had healed him. And so, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, that the, the leaders there, they're like, wait a second, what is going on? And so they arrest them. They arrest Peter and John. And it's late in the day, so they just leave them all night till the next day. They're like, we'll figure it out in the morning. And in Acts 4.1 it says, Now as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. So they came in, and they, they're like, what's going on? There's people gathering around. And there's preaching happening, and now they're preaching not what they should be, but they're preaching about this Jesus. And they didn't like it. There was a real main reason that they didn't like this is because it went against the way that they felt things should happen. They knew the Scripture. See, these guys, these Pharisees, these Sadducees, these, these guys that are the leaders, the priests in the temple, they're all there. They all study Scripture. They memorize it. They know it. The Old Testament backward and forward and the prophecies about what's going to happen and how God is going to come and heal his land. He's going to come and the Spirit is going to fall on the people of God. But when that started to happen and when Jesus came to bring that to fruition, they kind of messed up and didn't believe him and crucified him. So now these guys here are actually doing the work of what, of course, Jesus has asked us to do, and they're seeing people healed and God move in such a great way, and then now it's all of a sudden this, like, this stuff is happening, and we can't deny that this stuff is happening, but then these leaders are like, but it's not how we thought it was going to happen. So there's this turmoil and there's this offense that is happening. See, they knew the prophecies. They knew, like in Joel, where it says, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. They knew those things, but they had a preconceived idea or like a, a, a way that they thought that it was going to happen, and it wasn't happening that way was going against what they believed. It says in Acts 4.3, 
that they laid hands on him. And it's not the kind of laying hands on that is normally done in church. Um, it says they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. They grabbed them. They yanked them up out of there and put them in jail till the next day. So let them sit there, think about it for a while. I think, you know, maybe they're just kind of like, let's let them, let's let them just think about what's been happening for a while. See if they can come up with anything good. And we're going to talk about it tomorrow. So the next day they gathered them. People standing all around. You've got all the leaders of the temple. You've got the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the other C's and B's and everybody else. And they're standing there, and in verse 7 they say, And when they had set them in the midst, they asked him, ask them, By what power or what name have you done this? See, when stuff starts happening and when God starts moving in our lives, things start to change, right? Things start to happen. Whenever God does a miracle in your life or God uses you to do a miracle, when he does a miracle through you in somebody else's life, are you ready for the questions that are going to come? Are we, are we ready for the offense that it might bring to those that don't know Christ? So they said, how did you heal this guy in the temple? Like, what name did you use? Like, it's, it's not that they could deny that there was healing. And it, it wasn't that they didn't believe that it could happen. The problem was that the way that it happened offended them. You know, today there's so many people that believe in the supernatural. I believe in spirits. I believe in all these different things. I, I believe. But what happens whenever God uses us to show them who he is, but the offense comes when we say it is Jesus Christ that did this in your life. And it will come. I don't, you know, it's funny because I don't, I don't think about the last days, you know. Oh, it's the last days. Eat another pie, you know. I don't, like, worry about those things too much. But, and really, you know what? Really what we're talking about is the beginning of the last days here in Acts. This is when it started happening. So it's been 2,000 years, and it might be 2,000 more. I don't know. I hope not. But anyway, I'm just saying, I'm not living my life in fear that it's the last days, but I want us to live our life like we don't know what tomorrow will hold. Right? Somebody that lived... 500 years ago, didn't know what tomorrow would hold. 
Somebody that's living right now in this day like we are doesn't know what tomorrow will hold. How are we going to live right now and how are we going to allow God to move through us and what is coming out of our mouth? Because really, a lot of times, whenever people start saying, oh, it's last days, and this is happening, it's a plague, and it's this, and the corruption, and this, and that, and all this stuff, I've heard it, I hear it all. But you know what I hear whenever all that stuff starts getting spewed out? I hear fear. I I hear, like, I don't know what's going to happen, and all this evil, and all this stuff. What about who you are? What about who God has called us to be in the world? I don't care what's happening. I just don't want to live like I did 20 years ago whenever I had trouble talking to people about who God was. I want to live today and tomorrow and the rest of my life knowing who God is And trusting him in whatever he is asking me to do and talking to anybody about it. You know, like I said, I wasn't one for confrontation, but it's just so interesting because, you know, I've learned in some conversations lately that in a conversation with somebody that doesn't have trouble believing in God, but has trouble believing in Jesus. And, and the, thing, the thing is, is that I felt that this thing is, has been put there in front of me to help strengthen my resolve in speaking about who Jesus is. And you know what the funny thing is? It's not that he wanted me to agree with him. This person didn't want me to agree with them. They wanted me to speak the truth. And really the truth is what endears that person to me. Even though I'm saying something that is hard to understand. Even though I'm saying something that is actually a little bit offensive at the time. But you know what? People don't want, well, some, I mean, some people want you to tickle their ears, but that does not give them confidence in who you are. Confidence in who you are and what you believe doesn't come from being wishy-washy or saying something to make somebody feel better. I've seen it over and over. Whenever you say the truth, even if it hurts the first time or the second time, When you tell them how it is, whenever you say, this is what is real, this is the truth, it might not feel good in the moment, but I know that they will trust and know that anytime they talk to you, that you will give them the truth because you aren't afraid to speak it when it was hard. So they asked them, they, they, they come at them, you know, they laid hands on them, and now they're gathered around them and saying, whose name are you using? 
We can't deny the healing, but whose name? We're going to get offended just at that part of it. We're not going to be happy and understand and our eyes open just because there was a healing. Because the cross is offensive to those that are perishing. But that doesn't mean that we don't place the cross there. says in verse 8, chapter 4, then Peter, love this, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and the elders of Israel, if this day we are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means has been, he has been made well. Now, I'm going to stop here. It just, <laughs> I love it. They're like, we're asking you a question. Whose name did you use to heal this man? We know that there's healing. We just want to know whose name that you used. And he's like, I'm going to answer your question, but I'm going to add a little bit more to it because you need to understand our place in this whole scenario and who you are and what has happened and what you're doing to me now. I, I see, because see, first of all, it says, Filled with the Holy Spirit. These guys were not educated. They weren't theologians by trade like these other guys were. But when they stood in the midst of these people, they were filled with the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit was with them and brought boldness into their speech, and brought understanding and knowledge into their speech. You say, I don't know if I can do that. Look, can I tell you? I know I can't do that. I know I can't, and that's the great part about it. If I knew I could, I'd probably be trusting in myself to share it, whatever I share, to speak whatever I speak. So the excuse of like, I don't, I don't know if I know all this stuff. I don't know if I'm smart enough. I don't know if people like me. I don't know all this stuff. It doesn't matter. Who do you know? It's not what you know, it's who you know. So they come back at them and say, if we're being accused for doing a good deed and bringing healing to a man's life, then let it be known, verse 10, to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. Are we willing to stand up for what we believe, knowing it will bring an offense? Because like I said, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or in the next couple of years. I don't know. I really don't care. All I want to worry about is if I will be willing to stand up and speak, even if it's going to bring an offense. 
even if it's not going to be received well? Am I going to be able to share what I know about God and who he is and what he's done in my life? So they stand up and it's like, listen, it was Jesus that healed this man. You know the guy that you crucified. You know the one that you killed, that you murdered, that you were so offended about, you sent him to the cross. That guy, he's the one. And not only that, he goes on. He just, I love it. I love it. The Holy Spirit's just moving and speaking through him. And he says, this is the stone which was rejected by you. Listen, I, I don't know if, if you do this, whatever you read, but like I pick out certain words and I'm like, this is not just like, this is the stone that some people rejected. This isn't, this Jesus is the stone that was rejected. He is standing there in front, in the face of those that arrested him, that locked him up, that laid hands on him. And he says, this is the stone that you rejected. The one that you cast aside. Are we willing to be that strong to call out what has really happened? He says, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. being about it means talking about it. And see, I think, because like I said earlier, is that, you know, we, he's got this like, yeah, boldness. I want boldness. But many times after the boldness comes and you do something, does that thing that happened do something real great and then a little bit later is, when, when the, the questions come, or when somebody comes that you used to know that is away from the Lord, they don't know God, and they come and like, what is, what's the deal with you? Are you one of those Jesus people now? You one of those Bible thumpers? You know, I, I'm... See, that boldness comes, but are we willing to stand up and speak after God does something in our life. So many times we seek after these experiences or God to use us, not realizing that there's so much more to it than just that moment. In 
verse 13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. So they're like, these guys, you know, these guys were a ragtag bunch. Fishermen. Like people that Jesus picked up along the way. These guys, these are un- untrained guys. Like they... they they haven't been educated like we are, but where is their boldness coming from? Where is that boldness to speak in this way coming from? And then it says, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Are people going to realize that you've been with Jesus? That's a good question that comes out of this statement right here. It's like, oh, yeah, that's nice. They realized that they had been with Jesus. But for, to, to me, that's one of the biggest statements and the biggest questions that I can ask myself out of this scripture. Is somebody going to realize that I have been? Is somebody going to realize that we have been with Jesus because of the way that we act and because of the way that we talk and because of the boldness that we have to share? That it doesn't matter what education we have. It didn't matter what happened in our Life before we knew God. It doesn't matter. You know, he doesn't care. So many times we care so much more about this stuff than God does. See, he doesn't care about your Ivy League education. What he cares about is your heart. He says, do you know me? I'm not saying education's bad. It's great. It's amazing. Education is amazing. But when we lean on education, it's not so good. What I'm asking is, like, who are you going to lean on? Are you going to lean on that education and how smart you can be? Or are you going to lean on Jesus and who he is? Because you can have all the education in the world and it'd be great, amazing. As long as you're still leaning on Jesus. You're trusting him. And moving with him. Will people realize that we have been with Jesus? They marveled. (laughs) I love that. To speak something so strongly and so blatantly accusing those that were confronting them of what they did. You killed Jesus. You rejected him. He's the chief cornerstone. He's the one that everything is built upon, and you rejected him. And they marveled because they realized that they were this way because they had been with Jesus. And they said, we just don't know what to do. We can't, I don't, what are we going to do? 
Like that we see that there's a miracle, we're having trouble believing here, so we're just going to have to, we're going to have to let him go. I love that. Being wishy-washy, being like, well, I don't, you know, I don't want to say it so strongly, isn't what saved them, isn't what brought them up to this place where they were able to walk away. What it was was being strong and truthful and speaking what they know was the truth. So it says later on in the scripture that they were let go and they went back. And gathered together and told everybody about what happened. See, this word boldness that's used in this chapter up here. You know, many times we think of boldness of, is like doing something crazy. Oh, that person's so bold. You know, they you know, jumped out of a plane or something. But this word here, boldness, parisia, means freedom in speaking. Freedom in speaking, unreservedness in speech, without ambiguity. Are we allowing the Spirit to move in us so that we can speak without ambiguity? I mean, I don't, I don't want to be put in the spot. Because somebody asked me this too. It's like, would you... Would you give your life for somebody else? you know, jump in front of a bullet or something like that. And I was like, I believe I would. I believe I would. And afterwards, I thought about that. And I thought about how I was being a little uncertain about myself. And in reality, I mean, you wouldn't ever know until something like that happens. And I hope that that never does. But I guess what I'm talking about here in this word is that in my life and in my talking about who God is, and even when it offends somebody, am I going to speak with the strength that God has given me to speak? Are we going to speak of who he is? Because there are, there are going to be so many times, so many times in our life that it comes to a place where somebody's standing before us and we can speak something that we know that they want to hear or we can speak the truth. And are we going to speak the truth? Are we going to 
have the boldness of speech, unreservedness. See, I've always felt like being reserved is, is good, is a good thing. And in a way it is. It, being reserved instead of, you know, lashing out in anger is good. But in all the things that we are supposed to do and the ways that we are supposed to live, we should live unreserved, not held back. Not, not holding anything back, just letting it all out. And all the things that God has created you to do and how he has created you to live and the things that he is asking you to say, the strength that he's asking you to walk in, the places he might be asking you to go that might seem sketchy or a little scary, or maybe it's a place that there's nobody that's going to have your back. You know, I've, it's been a little while, but had a few people like sometimes say to me, you know, just this place, God is just, I believe that God wants me to, you know, not have this job and go to, you know, another place because there's just, I just have so much, sin all around me and there's there's nobody nobody around me that that I can talk to and I've just thought what an amazing place to be what what an amazing place to be where you can be the light in a darkness And so many times we want to be in a safe place or a place where everybody's like us. But when we step out into these places where there's so many that aren't like us, is when we truly become who we're supposed to be. Whenever I'm around a bunch of people like me, it's a little easier for me to not do stuff. It's a little easier for me to sit back and just chill. But when we're placed somewhere where there's offense, where there's sin, where there's darkness, there's two ways to go. There's only one way that you should go. You can either conform with what is around you, or you can transform what is around you. And I just believe that that is what God has just been speaking to me and saying, listen, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of years. But what I do know is that God is going to do amazing things. What I do know is he wants to use each and every one of us to transform the world around us. What I do know is whether things in our mind look better or worse, it's still going to be us that God wants to use to do something in the world.
So I guess that's kind of why I say I don't really worry about that stuff that much. Are we worried more about what's happening or what it's going to be like than we're worried about who we are and what we're doing with God and how our relationship with Him and what He wants us to do? Because whenever I or you, we, whenever we're all so much worried about what's going on, We don't spend time allowing God to do what He wants to do in us. See, if I want something to change in my family, I'm not going to be worried about what's happening in my family and like, how, why are you doing that and all the doing that? I'm going to say, what did I do? What do I need to change so that my family around me can change? If I'm too busy fixing everything around or all these little fires or these things that are going on, I'm always going to miss the little fire that I started that caused all these other things to happen. Are we going to allow the Holy Spirit to bring the boldness in us? to speak about who he is, to tell about what he's done, to let him use us to change the world, to transform the world around us. Yeah. I don't want to worry about the stuff. I want to be the change in the stuff. Yeah. I want to be the light in the darkness, the healing in the brokenness. Yeah. Would you stand with me? So, I, I, did, I did, you know, I, I don't say all these things to, to make anyone feel like they haven't done enough. You know what the amazing thing is that we've, we've all fallen short. The, the question isn't, have I done enough? question is just, do we trust God? He doesn't hold any of those things. See, he doesn't hold on to those things. I, I'm always amazed. We all do this, but we all hold on to things that happen. You know what's funny is like, you ever had one of those moments when something happened a long time ago, and you're holding on to this thing, like this thing happened. Sometimes it's like that you said something and it was like, I can't believe I said that. Sometimes it's something that was said to you and you're holding on to it. But you know, almost every time you're the only one thinking about that, everybody else. 
I can't believe this happened to me. Everybody, I was so embarrassed. I, I just felt like I was standing up there with all my clothes off. You know, like those kind of thoughts. You know what I'm saying? I cannot believe this thing happened. And it's like months and years later, and you're holding on to this thing. Like everybody knows, and they're always thinking about it all the time. Everybody, every time I see them, they're thinking, you remember that one time 10 years ago? So we have the tendency, we have the tendency to think that everybody else is holding on to things, and we bring that to God too, and think that he's holding on to all the things that we didn't do right, all the things that we didn't do, or any of these things, thinking he's holding on to it, and he says, listen, I don't even remember that. What I want to know is who you are right now. I want to know, do you want to walk with me? Do you, do you want to, to be with me and to work with me right now? Can we let those things go and allow God to use us to walk? So many times the lack of boldness comes from our insecurities. We are insecure because of one of many different things. I don't have time to go through all of them. But when we realize who we are in Christ, when we realize that the Holy Spirit is with us, the Spirit, so they were filled with the Holy Spirit and boldness came upon them. Back, back in that day, it wasn't any different than it is now, right? I'm sure many times before they had thought, oh, these guys know that we were just fisher, fishermen and, you know, they know that we're uneducated. All those things could have been going through their head. But they said, we're not going to hold on to those things. What we're holding on to is Jesus. We're holding fast to him. I'm a new man, I, I, a new creature. I'm, I am new. I have a new life in him. Who I was is not who I am. Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.